D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast with your hosts, Karen and Dan. All right, welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing that we as players cannot resist. Compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week we're bringing a plethora of published content to the table, scoring against a predefined table of criteria, and it is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to prove to one another that our baby can save Santa. That's right. Every week we're saving Santa over here. So this week we're bringing in level 20 characters, and we're theming it around Santa's in trouble, Gotta save them. Gotta save them. Gotta save them. With the story of how they're planning to save them is uh, going to be different between the two of us. We didn't predetermine this at all, <laughs> but it's going to come into the character. I think we're going to have to score that a little bit. I'm very excited about this big, big boy I've got today. Yeah, this is the first level time we're diving into level 20 and and really just exposing the full capacity of a, well, where a character What a go. pain in the ass this was. <laughs> Building, I won't advise anyone at home listening to build a level 20 character from the ground up because it takes a really long time. It took forever. <laughs> a lot of abilities, though. Fun. Yes. This and that was fun. part of it, deciding how I was going to build this guy because there was just so many options available. I often don't read the things you get at level 14, 17, all that. Right. And it really came into a lot of consideration for this episode. So let's dive in. What do you have? You ready? I'm you excited? Ready. All right. I want to talk to you about a little a little half-orc boy, you know? Now, most half-orcs, they have tumultuous upbringings, and you know? Li- and little is not usually an adjective, even for the children. He was very, very young. He very was, young. He was very young, and he was taken in by some friendly elves. Now, not all elves are wielding magic in the Fey Forest. Not all elves are making presents for Santa. Some elves are fixing shoes. And some elves are half-orc. And this this one was he was he was well aware that he was not an elf, but he was happy for the uh, the patronage that they offered him. They taught him to repair shoes, and he worked with them repairing shoes for a very long time to the point where he actually thought maybe he could make a career out of it. And he tried to do that for a while, but not a lot of people trust a half orc to fix their shoes. They're and not while known he was, for their finesse. No, and. While he could talk to people, he had that orcish fury. You know, he had that temper. And he would snap off. If you weren't taking care of your shoes properly, he let you hear about it. And Narsh, he spent a lot of time... You can't just drop a name like Narsh and just be casual about it. Well... His name's Narsh? Narsh! How do you spell it? G-N-A-R-S-H. Narsh. Yeah, that's exactly how it needs to be said. All right, so go on. So Narsh, (laughs) spending a lot of time at night, you know, wandering around by himself. And when he was in his teens to his early adulthood, he was able to tap into this power that he did not know he had. You know, he wasn't working with magic as a young man. While the elves had some, he wasn't really interested in it. Uh, He noticed he had this dark magic. And he spent more and more time at night cultivating that magic. He soon left civilization altogether and started living in the woods. Now, while he was living in the woods, you know, wandering around as a boar for some time, he found that very comfortable skin. He came upon a conversation between some elves and he said, elves, I was, I was raised by elves. And he sat from the bushes and he listened to them and they, they were discussing. Did they, did they just go bullshit? Oh, no, he didn't confront them. No, no, this is him. I'd imagine, going, I'd imagine they'd just go bullshit, elves! bullshit. Yeah. No, no, they were, they, they didn't know he was there. He had a great boar stealth roll and he snuck up in the bushes and he was listening to them. He was a shadow boar. He's really shadowy boar. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like this backstory. <laughs> it's a little boar. <laughs> Let me cut to the chase. He overheard conversation of a very famous giving 
benevolent elf that had been captured by an evil demon. Santa Claus is how it's said when you use a boar's tongue. Needed help. And Nersh was going to be the man to do the job. He is a level 20, 14 levels of Shadow Sorcerer, 6 levels of Circle of the Dreams Druid. Very cool. He is chaotic good, and he uses the background as a cobbler. Which is one of the backgrounds that Dan and I came up with. You can find it on D&D Character Labs. Very underutilized. As in, never utilized. Actually, this is the first character that's ever utilized it. And he's going to win today to prove that cobblers uh, can be heroes too. That may have been the case if Olmo Strongbones did not step into the lab today. Almost Strongbones? No, Olmo. It's like Elmo with a U. Oh, Elmo. Thank you, fantasy name generator. So he is a stout halfling, which I'm theming as a little elf, right? Because when you when you do a half elf or a full elf in D&D... Did you like, want to go elf on this? I wanted to go My elf. initial reaction was to go elf on this. Yeah. I was like, no, two on the nose. Well, I, you know, I wanted to go elf, but here's the deal. So he was tasked when he was up in the North Pole. He was... He's actually the guy that makes the reindeers fly every year. He casts oh, so the he spells. worked with Santa. Yes. Oh, very, he was, he's one of the, like, he, as a matter of fact, we're going to find out he has a direct spiritual connection to Santa. Oh. Yes. So he's actually the guy that makes these reindeers fly on Christmas Eve How every year. How does he year do that? With spells. Oh. So he, he actually can make them fly. So he's maintaining concentration for the whole night. Yes. Yeah, oh, it's exhausting. like, you know, yeah, yeah, it's just like, you know, he, he, he sleeps for a week after that. So. He finds out that Santa's in trouble, right? It's almost like the movie Santa Claus, you know, a different guy comes back, they're like imposter, you know, somebody mm-hmm. somebody's gotta go find Santa. So he uses power of the North Pole, channels that power, and has great, great magic skills, as well as in his time in the North Pole, he's also responsible for gathering the food for the chefs, you know, the famous chefs at the North he's Pole. He's got two important jobs? He, well, because there's a lot of off time where you don't have to make reindeers fly. Right, so so they like pull your weight. This is not important enough that you make these reindeer well, fly. Like the one no, thing no, no, Santa's known for. You know how Sarah Palin like goes and hunts wolves from a helicopter. This guy actually is an archer from a reindeer shooting down polar bears and bringing them back to the North Pole so that we can have some snacks. I don't know whether to be impressed by that or not. It's pretty cool. So he finds out Santa's in trouble, but he has this direct spiritual connection with Santa. Uh huh. And he channels Santa's powers in order to save Santa. Oh. Okay, so he is a Celestial Warlock, 11 levels, and a nine ninth level Ranger, Beast, whatever that is. He has an animal companion? No, Beast Slayer. Monster, Monster Slayer. Slayer. The one you used before that you didn't even get right in that episode? Yep, that's it. Oh, uh, so you warlocked him to Santa. He is Brilliant. warlock to Santa. That was a that a was celest- a really good a celestial Santa. My guy, my guy basically doesn't even know who Santa is based on my backstory, but he decided he's gonna help him. So I'm glad I know what ranger it is. So going into that, I'm gonna start off with the melee, if that's cool. I'm sure your melee is gonna be fine. All right, actually, it's a negative one. I have strength of ten. Oh. Okay. He gets two attacks. He's got daggers, so one d four plus five, and he gets obviously two times per attack. I'm gonna just go with a negative one. I mean, he's got something. He's got the two attacks. Uh-huh. Just not great. I think you're being very fair there. Negative one is appropriate. He doesn't have nothing because he's got the two attacks. If it was one attack with a dagger, you know, go to hell. But Well, there's only one negative one in Olmo's world. You think so? La, 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 Olmo's world. Oh, God. All right, you get your negative one. Cool. No problem. I am going to take a plus one on this what? sorcerer druid. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yes. Good in melee, huh? Yes. Hmm. Strength of 15. Wow. Dex of 16. He uses a short sword, Mm -hmm. 
with one attack, 1d6 plus 3, but he can also shapeshift into a crocodile, which gives him a 1d10 plus 2 damage, and if he lands the attack, they are then grappled. He also has... Automatically? No, no save against it? If he lands the attack, they are grappled. There's no save against the grapple? But then he can't make attacks as long as he's got someone in his mouth, so that's the downside to the ability. Well, he's got him in their mouth, but can... What is... Like, say it's... Okay, so it's It's a save turn. after that. No, the initial attack lands the attack, grappled. And then when he's in the grapple, does he get to bite again when they're in the grapple? Yes. That's pretty cool. Okay, keep going. He also has the Tavern Brawler feet, where he can use a bonus action to grapple after he lands a regular attack. He's had to fight for a lot, you know? Walking around at night, he spent a lot of time in bars. He learned some things. He's also proficient with improvised weapons and his unarmed strikes I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna do give more you, damage. I'm going to give you the plus one. All I'm saying is, not very Christmassy. <laughs> Better get better from here. All right. Otherwise, you're going to be penalized. This guy came from a really dark background, you know? Yeah, but he shapeshifts into a crocodile. It should be like a reindeer. Oh, did I not? Oh, oh, it's a Christmas crocodile. Oh, it's got like a little Santa hat on? Yes. Oh, well, then that makes a difference. Plus one. Okay, thank you. Let me talk to you about range, which is a zero for me. I've got a crossbow, plus nine to hit, 1d8, plus three. I'm also going to throw in my Savage Attacker ability as being part of an orc. If I get a crit, I get to roll one additional die on the damage. One additional die in addition to the double damage? Well, a crit would be yes. That's pretty cool. All it says is that you roll one additional die when you get a critical. I imagine you just house rule that and just say, yeah, that's my ability and throw in an extra die. Yeah. Right? I would. So I get a zero on, I, on range? I, I would say that's pretty good, yeah. All you right. got a good argument there. I assume you're going for a plus two on range? I'm going, as a ranger? I'm going, I'm going plus two. I have, so because we're level 20, all right, I'm uh-huh. going to just throw this out there. You use the custom background, and the, and the background is pretty good. I am equipped with the longbow of warning. It's a magical you item. You gave yourself a magical item? They're level 20. He's got to oh. have it. And he's from the North Pole, for crying out loud. He's magic. What is this? The longbow of warning gives me a plus 13 to hit. Oh my gosh. 1d8 plus 5 piercing. Two attacks. I also took the sharpshooter feat, which allows for 10 more damage if I take a minus 5 penalty. I also have a dex of 20. So yeah, I think that's an easy plus 2. Two attacks. Oh man. All right. Are there any more shenanigans like this? One more. One more shenanigan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's get- Christmas spirit. Oh, oh, so I should be giving you yes, points? Yes, absolutely. You plus won two. three in a row. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm coming in really hard on this don't one. Don't call it a comeback. All right, plus two. Okay, so tell me about your burninating damage. Warlock. Well, not a whole lot of burning going on here. Oh. Just a lot of chilling. All oh. right? We straight chill over here. So um, I'm already going to plus one. Okay. So I'm just going to list off the cantrips that are all 3d8. Okay. Chill touch, create bonfire, ray of frost, and sacred flame. All are cantrips. Okay. Then I'll have frostbite and sword burst as 3d6. Then if we're just going to go into straight spells, I have Arms of Hadar, uh, which gives me a 66 max, and Conjure Elemental. Now, while that's not directly magic damage, I am conjuring an elemental, and then he does the damage on my behalf, right. so not really melee. And then I have, uh, as part of my Warlock ability, I have Investiture of Ice, mm. which allows me to use my action to create a 15-foot cone of freezing wind extending from my outstretched hand in a direction I choose. This lasts 10 minutes, okay? So each creature, but it does require concentration. So each creature within the cone must make a constitution saving throw. A, a creature takes 46 cold damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. A creature that fails it its save against this effect also has its speed halved. Um, at the start of its next turn, so I can do this each turn that I'm that I'm concentrating on it. 
Those are very fun spells. Those are the four elemental ones they did. Yes. I also took Investiture of Ice on my guy. Oh, cool. I mean, it was, of well, course, yeah, of course. Because it also gives you, did you say immune to cold and resist to fire when you have it on? Uh, that's, I, I put that under tanky, but yeah. Uh, yeah uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, you're arguing a plus one on that? Yes, plus that's one. That's a very impressive list. I like those, those cantrips are very powerful they for, are. Uh, for a warlock then. Uh, I'm arguing a plus two on my burninating because while I did put Investor of Ice for the damage in that category, I also have Ice Storm. I got my Melfs, Minute Meteors. You and your Melfs, I man. I love some Melfs, you man. You love Melfs. You know, I could walk away for a while, but I always come back to Melfs. You know, if there's just something, it's so, it's a, it's a, it's a mature spell. It is. Yeah. And that's what I like, like about it. It's like a fine it. wine. Yeah. You know what you're getting with when Melfs. You're, when you're fucking with Melfs. <laughs> <laughs> Did I say Ice Storm? I also have Ice Storm. <laughs> and I have, uh, I have Finger of Death, which is a level 7 spell, and it does 7d8 plus 30 necrotic damage. Whoa. I like that. Yeah. So I, I Finger to Death, drop some Elves on the battlefield, <laughs> and I have won the day. Finger a Elf, and it's done. <laughs> Game over. So that's a plus, that's a plus 2 then? That's a, that's a plus 2. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving along. Oh, I also have Radiant Soul. I just want to throw this in there. When I cast a spell that deals out Radiant or Fire Damage, I can add my Charisma Modifier to one Radiant or Fire Damage roll that this spell against one of the targets. It's not super powerful, and it keeps it as a plus one. I just wanted to mention that as a, as a Warlock ability. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, that is part of the uh, Celestial thing. So anyway, going into Control, what do you got? I have a really fantastic list for Control as well. Uh, I've got a couple of great spells. Haste, Wall of Stone, which gives me 10 foot... 10 10-foot panels of stone that all have an AC of 15 and HP of 30. So I could really wall off the battlefield you if I wanted. You get 300 HP of wall? Yes. Wow. Each one could be knocked down individually. Right, but... But, yes. And a um, that's a level 5 spell. Can, once they're laid down, can you remaneuver them or no? Once I believe once they're down, they're, they're down. down. Okay. And they have to be touching each other. You can't just be like put them all over the place. It's you still know? cool. But you could put them around somebody and lock them into a little prison. I would make a Donald Trump themed character and totally. Bl- I would mess. just throw them walls I would, everywhere. I'd be messing with that. So yeah. I also have the confusion spell. That when you confuse somebody, they roll a d10 and they might attack their friends. They might not do anything. They might be able to attack regular if they get a nine or a ten on. They their basically d10, act so. like grandpa at the nursing home. Yeah, I know. They they, they go yeah yeah. They go full sundowning. <laughs> full senile sundown, yeah. I also have the Hound of Ill Omen, which is a, uh, a wonderful aspect of my control abilities. It's part of my shadow magic sorcery, where I create a hound within three, 120 feet of me, which uses the direwolf stats, but it gets temporary HP equal to my sorcerer level. It can move through objects as if they were difficult terrain. At the start of a turn, it automatically knows where the target is. So you target a creature and you send the hound after them. And the hound goes after them and attacks them using the direwolf stats. Now it, it impacts that target because if the hound is within five feet of the target, the target has disadvantage on saving throws against any spell that I cast at them. And the hound gets opportunity attacks against them if they try to move away from him, and it's easier for him to track them down with being able to move through other creatures and things as difficult terrain. So he stays on them until they die, or he dies. I also have all my meta magic, which allows me as a sorcerer to bend my spells, which gives me the careful, where I could cast area effects, but I could remove some of my friends from those abilities. And I have Quickened, where I can cast my spells as a bonus action yes. for control. Yes, I like and that. I have Twinned, where if I pay equal to the spell level, I can cast the spell twice. Sorcery points equal to the spell level. I like that. So I could throw down two fingers of death. I could throw it on two walls at once. That's pretty cool. 
that would cost me five sorcery spell points, which I have 14 of. So I think I deserve a plus two on my control I, here. I will agree with you wholeheartedly, but you're going to roll for that. I have a plus four to my charisma. This should not be an issue for me. So I need... Uh, now, I think I've gone like five episodes without getting any successful rolls. Well, so I really need this one. I only need a 13 or better, so I've got pretty good odds. Well, you got I rolled a, a two. You got a two. So that's a plus one. That's so a plus one. I'll take that. All right. Good call on that. Yep. That was one of my most powerful categories. What do you got for control? I have, I'm just going to list off everything I've got. I've got friends, light, beast bond, animal friendship, protection from evil and good, charm person, detect magic, zone of truth, hold person, levitate, water walk, fly, charm monster. I have a plus seven to my animal handling and a plus seven to my survival. I have hold monster and conjure elemental. I also have, of course, lucky being a halfling. And then uh, this longbow of warning. Let me tell you about this thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me something spicy here because I've heard all those spells before. Yeah. So this magic weapon warns you of danger. While the weapon is on your person, you have an advantage on initiative rolls. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it'll wake you up from your sleep too. Uh, yeah, good, um, good cheating is, here. Which is cool. Yeah, it's cool. I also have this investiture of ice, which allows me to move across difficult terrain created by ice or snow without spending any extra movement. Uh-huh. And then I also have the ability, a 10-foot radius around me is icy and difficult ter- terrain for creatures other than me, and the radius moves with you during those 10 minutes. So pretty neat in an easy plus two. It's a, it's a nice, you have your one big fat long list. You always got a fat list for, for control. control. I love control. You love rattling off half a dictionary worth of stuff. I can justify a plus two here, but you know what? Easy peasy, fairsies. Is that, you know how, what? Is that how that goes? Fairsies, let's roll. Why don't you right, roll, right, why don't you roll, roll for that one as well? You got it. What's your charisma? I have a plus three. Okay. You've been rolling like a madman on these. And I keep that going. I rolled a 15. Let's do it. Plus two. All right. Give it to me. All All right. right, So uh, pretty even going into tankiness. How tanky is your ranger? Uh, I'm arguing a plus two. So I have 178 HP. I have an AC of 16. I have armor of Agathus, uh, which gives me a max total temporary HP of 30. I have lesser restoration, counter spell, greater restoration. Now, let me tell you about this other thing I got. I got the ring of cold resistance. Oh, you cheated again? Yeah, which allows for resistance against cold damage. I have brave, which gives me advantage on saving throws against the frightened condition. I have stout resilience, which allows me to have advantage on saving throws against poison. And I have resistance to poison damage. I have Radiant Soul, which allows at 6th level to have resistance to Radiant Damage. I have Celestial Resistance, which starting at 10th level, I gain temporary hit points whenever I finish a short or long rest, and those temporary hit points equal your Warlock level plus your Charisma modifier. I have Supernatural Defense, which at 7th level allows me to gain extra resilience against my Prey's Assault on on Mind and Body. Whenever the target of your Slayer's Prey forces, you make a saving throw, and whenever you make an ability check to escape that target's grapple, you add 1d6 to your roll. I also have the immunity to cold and resistance to fire damage when I'm using Investiture of Ice. I think this is an easy plus two. You, you know, that that ring of cold, I'm not going to count it. Okay, so I'm not going to count take it away, in my justification. You'll take, you'll take away my resistance to cold damage. It's still but an easy I'll plus give two. You, <laughs> I'll give you the plus two because that's a lot of stuff. Uh, you have a really solid AC there. I'm arguing a zero on tankiness. AC of 13... 132 hit points. A lot of sorcerer levels are going to give you that lower HP. But I have my wild shape where I could get that bonus. Yeah. 19 HP for a Christmas crocodile. Christmas crocodile. I also have relentless endurance and strength of the grave. 
Now, these are effectively very similar abilities. Relentless Endurance comes from being a half-orc. If I'm reduced to zero, I can be reduced to one instead, and I get that per short or long rest. Strength of the Grave is the exact same thing, except I have to roll for it. I have to get DC 5 plus the amount of damage taken that brought me to zero, but I get to add my charisma to the roll. So I have a plus four to that. So that's effectively two opportunities to avoid going to zero between long rests. So the strength of the grave comes from my shadow sorcerer ability. Yeah, we're level 20. So the fact that like you go to zero and you go to one instead is not really tanky. So, and you, you have an AC of 13. Yes. And how many total hit points? 132. Yeah, we're level 20. Yeah, so I get a zero. No, minus yes, minus I one. I get a zero on minus this. Minus one. You, all you have besides that is the fact that you I also you have can't, my shapeshifting. 19 HP. Yeah. 19. But I can throw it five, on again. Five, zero. I, I go back up again. Zero. Zero. Because I like druids, zero. Because you like Not because he likes me. No. Because he likes druids. Damn right. Friend abilities. I got some cool stuff coming for my friends. As a result of being a dream druid, I've got Balm of the Summer Court. I get D6s equal to my druid level which is six. So six D six, a friend within 120 feet of me. I can spend a number of those dice equal to half my level. So three of them roll the dice, add them together. The target gains a number of hit points equal to that to total. They also get one temporary HP per die spent. I get all my dice back after a long rest. We have a dog in the lab today, just in case you're hearing any noises in the background. There's a tiny white dog in the lab today. It's Christmas dog. Christmas dog. I, yeah. It's a Christmas dog. We created it in the lab. We we added the wrong potions together and this this tiny dog appeared. So. He has a minus two to patience because he is not tolerating this recording well at all. <laughs> is that all you got there? No, for? Oh, no, no okay. that's not all I have for my friends. I also have Hearth of the Moonlight and Shadow. That's my other Circle of Dreams ability here. I'm allowed to create a sphere of protection around my friends calling on the Fey Wilds. A 30-foot radius, total cover blocks the sphere. While within the sphere, my allies gain plus five bonuses to dex, stealth, and uh, perception checks. And any light isn't visible when outside of it. So it allows me to create a safe haven when we're resting. So we cannot be found. We can just like post up anywhere. You guys could have a total strobe light going on in there and nobody sees it. That's a great way to take a rest when you're in a heated place, pop down in this Have you ever fade. been to a shadow magic rave? No. Incredible. Are they really fun? Yeah. I like that. I like that ability. Thank you. Record, yeah. Thank you. Very cool. Well, this is going to lean into my my plus two on friend as I continue to tell you. Uh, I also have polymorph, which I think is really good for helping my friends. Why? Because I could shapeshift them into something. If they're not doing well, I could shapeshift them into something with more HP. So then they could get through that combat because now they are a monster instead. So it's like giving them wild shape for expending a spell slot. I also have the haste spell. I have feign death, which could help my friends. And that's it. I think I deserve a plus one for helping my friends. I think you get a plus one. Thank you. Easy. I'm arguing a plus two. All right. So I've got fly, which is how I make my reindeer fly. Just as, as a spell, you have fly. You, and I do not accept. Uh, no, I'm sorry. That's for levitate. Uh, fly, I, I, I use a, a spell slot. I touch a willing creature, and they can fly. Okay, sure. Uh, I think 60 foot speed, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I've passed without a trace, revivify, lesser and greater restoration, protection from evil and good. I have cure wounds. I also have healing spirit. So this is a celestial warlock trait. Um, until the spell ends, 
Uh, whenever you <clears throat> or a creature that you can see moves into a, the spirit space for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, you can cause the spirit to restore hit points to that creature. No action required. The spirit can heal constructs or undead when cast at a sixth level, can deal out per turn when this healing spirit is there. Concentration spell can deal out a maximum of 5d6 per round of healing. Wow. Yeah. Also have the longbow of warning. You and my companions within 30 feet cannot be surprised except when incapacitated by something other than non-magical sleep. The weapon magically awakens you or your companions within range if you any of you are sleeping naturally when the combat begins. I also have healing light. I have an ability to channel celestial energy into healing to healing wounds. I have this pool of d6s that I can spend to fuel this healing. The number of dice in the pool equals one plus your warlock level, which would be 12. As a bonus action, I can heal one creature I can see within 60 feet of me spending dice from the pool. Maximum number of dice you can spend at once equals your charisma modifier, which for me would be three. I roll the dice I spend, add them together, and restore a number of hit points equal to the total. So for me, it would be a maximum of 18 per turn. Very the similar to that druid thing I have. They mix with the numbers a little bit. Yes, they, yes, they do. I have a potential to be able to spend more. Yes. I have a total pool of more. Yeah. Yes. So the pool regains all expended dice when you finish a long rest. So um, because I have 12 D6 plus the healing spirit, you know, I'm going to go into Celestial Resistance. I choose up to five characters I can see at the end of a rest. These, these creatures each gain temporary hit points equal to half my Warlock level plus my Charisma modifier, which if you guys round up in your halves plus my Charisma modifier would be nine total HP. That's just after a long rest. It's like, hey, little bonus. It's kind of like a, you know, a, a song of rest for bards or whatever. I am an easy plus two with my friends. I heal. I'm a healing. This, I, I, I really like the Celestial Warlock. But I, it's just a little bonus. So, you, so that you just wake them up and you put a little light on them as they're waking yeah. up. And you're yeah. like, here's a little healing. You look beautiful this morning. Oh, and uh, I also have written down that I can put in a good word with Santa. That's what? No. Yeah. Oh. It's true. I'm not going to argue that because your you... backstory is so cohesive with Santa. <laughs> it's so cheesy. Yeah. But I, I, my backstory was shit for Santa and you are like all over it. You wanted that Red Rider baby gun this year, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Mm. Am I going to get it? I got you. All right. You get your plus two on friends. <laughs> How balanced is your guy? Uh, zero. Here's the deal. 10 to strength, 20 to dex, 14 to con, 10 to intelligence, 12 to wisdom, 16 to charisma. I have proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws. I have uh, proficiency in animal handling, arcana, athletics, deception, intimidation, persuasion, and survival checks. Not super balanced, let's be honest. If this guy gets into like a melee situation, he can use finesse weapons, and his specialty is obviously range, but he can't grapple check or anything like that. He's not the smartest cookie. You know, doesn't he's not very wise. I mean, we're 20th level, so these these stats are not impressive. Yeah. I think it's an easy zero. I think it's a zero. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. I think you're being you're being very honest with yourself. I'm actually gonna argue with plus two on my balance. I haven't done that in a while, but I have a strength of fifteen, a dex of sixteen, con of twelve, intelligence of ten, wisdom of twelve, charisma of eighteen. So I have proficiency in acrobatics, insight. Deception and intimidation. I also have a plus two to stealth because of being a cobbler, I was able to make myself a pair of moonwalkers, which give me a plus two on my stealth or sleight of foot checks as well. So I feel like for what this guy is, his charisma is his main spell casting for sorcerer, wisdom is his druid, but he's using his wild shape more often for his druid. He doesn't have a lot of druid spells anyway. He's got good strength and good decks. He's pretty act, you know, he's pretty active. If he had to get into combat, I don't think he really lacks gonna, in any category. I'm gonna, well, I'm going to argue. I'm going to argue that you're a plus one, and here's why. Uh -huh. If your wisdom was a little bit higher, 
you would have truly been a pretty pretty well balanced character because you would be able to cast those druid spells. You're very well balanced, but that your druidic spells do suffer. What is your spell save DC on a druid spell? That would be a fifteen. Not terrible. Yeah. Not terrible. Because that proficiency is six. Ah, I'm still going with a plus one. Your wisdom's too low. You make a good argument. Yeah. I was trying to gloss over the druid spells, but you picked up on it. Yeah. That's that was my weakness there. All right. Fair. Fair. Okay. So, smooth operator. What do you got? Incredibly smooth. This is a this is an easy plus two. Because... Well, he obviously fooled some elves for long enough to be like, I'm one of you, but he grew up to be they like... They just accepted him. Because so they saw is... he was down on hard times. No one thought he was an elf. Oh, okay. No. Did he? No, no, no. This isn't Buddy the Elf situation. I mean, you, you, you went pretty close to that story, so I'm just trying to make sure. No, 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 no. They took him in. They said, hey, you want to learn how to make shoes? He wasn't really directly related to Santa, but he was directly related to elves, and when elves needed help saving Santa, he stepped up. He just looked like he could mess with some shoes? Well, he's got big, strong hands. Yeah. You, know, you, need, you need strong hands for shoes. Put, put heels on a shoe? Yeah. yeah. So where was I? <laughs> I got those stealth shoes, those moonwalkers. I also have Shadow Walk, which is a sorcerer ability. At 14th level, I can step from one shadow to the other. When I'm in dim or darkness, as a bonus action, I can magically teleport up to 120 feet to an unoccupied space that is also in dim light or darkness. Is that expended spell slot, did you say? No, that's just an ability. That's awesome. I also can cast Darkness spell, the magical darkness, with using two sorcery points instead of a spell slot, I can see in the darkness created by that spell. So, And no one else can. No one else can. Amazing. And I have dark vision of up to 120 feet. I also have water walk, which I think is a very smooth operator uh, I, type I, of ability to use. I mean, I put it on there. Yeah, yeah you work your way around. <laughs> and I have advantage on survival checks when tracking somebody based on their footprints. This is how I'm going to help find where Santa went. Because as a cobbler, I recognize shoes. Impressive. Mm -hmm. I like that. I think there was one more thing for smooth operator here. But I heard that Santa got taken away in a wheelbarrow, so I don't think it's... Well, someone had to push that wheelbarrow. Yeah, but how do you know if that's who took Santa? I can track by the shoes. Mm. If you all right, so you heard the rumor they got pushed by the wheelbarrow. Yeah. Well, there's a pair of shoes with a wheelbarrow wheel right in front of it. <laughs> valid, I'm following those shoes. Valid point. <laughs> I can also shape shift with my wild shape, and I have polymorph if there's something that uh, my wild shape can't handle. So I think that's a plus two. I got a lot of different opportunities and feign death. I'm, you're gonna get the plus two. What level does that teleportation thing come into play as an ability? Fourteen. I love that. Yeah, I mean that's high level. That's very. That's a very strong ability. I love that. Boop, 120 boop, feet. That's the way he got around the city eventually. Love it. Okay. Yep. Plus two. That's right. awesome. I'm also arguing a plus two. I have friends, are. charm person, pass without a trace, levitate, water walk, fly, charm monster, beast bond, animal friendship, halfling nimbleness, and I have a plus nine to persuasion and deception and a plus nine to all charisma saves. But what do you have that's really, really fancy here? Because what I'm going to argue here is at level 20, I've got something really unique you, and fancy to bring have to a the couple, table. You have a couple things that are really unique, but here's the deal. You had a nice My, spell list there. Yes. And see, that's... that's the the pact that I took with the Warlock allowed me to have an expanded spell list. So that really should come into play here because that is one of my abilities is to have expanded spell list. Expanded by how much? Can you go into any detail as to... I'm not sure. It's in the player's handbook. It did give. It did allow me to choose a lot of spells. You mean these two spells that you get at certain levels? No. I did pact of the something or other. Oh, the pact thing. Oh, yes. the pact of the tomb where yes. you got additional yes. spells. Yes. So I, okay. did, I did pact of the tomb... Tome. tome that allowed me to get an expanded spell list. So I, I argue that that is one of my abilities. I have I have 
an exorbitant amount of spells at my disposal. Uh, I'll show and you. And you're talking list. about like your charm person Check and stuff out. like that. As Check things out that you're list. laying down off that. I'm going to argue a plus one just because there's nothing really fancy being brought I to can the levitate. Here. All right, here's the deal. I can levitate without using a spell slot. Interesting. At, at will. At will. Anytime you want. Yep. As much as you want? Sure. Sure or yes? I think so. Is it part of your warlock? Yeah, it is. As much as you want, you yes. can levitate. Yep. Okay, now that's cool. It is. That's cool. I think that's worthy of a plus one. Plus two. I think that, I think it's very... Also, thematically, fly. I'm allowed... I can make reindeers fly. I think that's real smooth. Plus two. I mean, friends, charm person, pass without a trace, levitate, water walk, fly, charm per, charm, charm monster, beast bond, animal friendship, halfling nimbleness, and then the plus nines to all that those abilities. Come on. That's all a right. ton of spells to choose from, and I've got slots to to boot. All right. Yeah, all right. You got your plus two. All right. So how are you going to find... How are you gonna I'm going to stay aggressive... And I'm going to argue a plus two for my aggressive charisma. I've got zone of truth. I've got plus nine to all intimidation checks. I've got plus six to athletics. I've got arms of Hadar, hold monster, and hold person. I think I think that's actually a very unimpressive list for a level 20. It is. Spitting fire. Agreed. I'm, you, but you came in hot. I did. You came in very hot. I'm also going to argue a plus two. And this is how I'm coming in hot. I got my pumped up kicks, which is the feat that I took. The cobbler feat, which allows me to jump half of my speed vertically. Yes. So I can jump 15 feet up in the air. You try and get away from me, I jump up onto the second floor. I'm like, listen, listen, bitch. I was trying to talk to you, and you tried to walk away from me. You oh, made me jump through that window just as now. A sh- as a shadow sorcerer, you throw some shade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, mad shade. shade. Yeah. It's cool in my shade. Yeah. I can also turn into a giant goat, mm-hmm. <laughs> which will, will go right through, right through some doors, which gives me a, uh, I have a charge ability when I'm a giant goat. I mean, I think goats are cute, though. A giant goat? I'd be like, oh. You're talking about a big. goat the size of a horse. I mean, that'd be kind of scary. Is that written somewhere? No. Just, <laughs> but what else would a giant goat be? I also have conjure animals. I have heat metal. Yeah, that's which, a cool spell. Cool spell. I think that's fun for, for spitting fire. It is. It's just like, the argument is not going, they're, maybe they're holding a tankard of ale, and all of a sudden it gets fucking hot. Right. And, and I'm like, like yeah. you were saying? I think, and I also have the hound of ill omen. Which I could send after somebody. Yeah, if I that is cool. if I really need to uh, drive my point home, track you down with a hound. I like that. Oh, this uh, this is my this is my trump card. I didn't tell you about the second ability of of finger of death. If I kill you with the damage dealt, you are resurrected as a zombie under my control. For real? No yes. save against that? No. If and you, no no death saving throws or anything like that. You were just if you are brought to zero by that damage, you are resurrected as a zombie that I permanently control. I love that. That does that that lasts until it's destroyed. So that's what I do. This is Shadow Sorcerer ability? That is a sorcerer spellless spell. I love that. Isn't that great? I love that. How's that for getting my way out of a situation? I just touch a guy, he dies, he comes back up as a zombie, and I'm like, this is my boy now. <laughs> So, you'll get the plus two, and we're going to move right on to X-Factor. Here's the deal. I'm going to talk about your X-Factor. You brought some dark-ass Christmas, <laughs> all right? This is real This is real dark Christmas. He's more of a Krampus saver yeah, than he is a Krampus saver. He is a mean dude. He is, I brought some cheery guy that's, like, you know, pumping up the reindeer to get him to fly, and he's, like, channeling Santa's charm. Mm-hmm. And then you're just, like, you know, mean. And, and you brought a really thematically nice appropriate you had a fun backstory that actually tied into santa here's the deal you took your zero on spitting fire yeah we're 10 to 10 i'm gonna give you the win because your backstory is better so i'm actually gonna concede this one to you yeah because i agree 
I did not come in on point here. You came in. Uh, you were you were accepting the challenge. You know, if this was a reality TV show and we were and we were tied, you stuck to the challenge better, so you get the win. I think we should just spend a, a second talking about the, the the archetypes we chose. The celestial warlock. This was kind of my first time going in and exploring it. Uh-huh. The healing abilities in this thing at a high level. You, I mean, you heard what I do for allies assist. Man, that's cool. I mean, this is this is cleric level warlock. And there's got to be a homebrew uh, Santa as your patron out there somewhere because I imagine even that would be like give you a little bit extra something to play sure, with. Sure, sure. Because that was a cool that was a cool aspect you yeah, had. I, I absolutely loved your Shadow Sorcerer. Shadow Sorcerer is a cool thing to play. Yes. Terrible idea making it a. I want I, like I want to do something I haven't seen before. I would never think a, a half orc would be a good Shadow Sorcerer. Like this is definitely more of a a lithe, you yeah, know, sure. creepy character. J- Drow elf. Drow Elf, perfect. Uh, really fun. I, I also, I got to play another druid out of the book here. And uh, so I've exhausted all the druids from Xanathar's now. But I enjoyed Circle of Dreams more than I thought I would when I first read it. I, I, I did enjoy this episode. I had a lot of fun. Next episode, we're looking at uh, creating the worst possible character for one another. Uh-huh. Lowest score wins. So I'm going to create a character for you that's going to be terrible. And yeah. it's probably going to win. I'm going to make one for you that's worse. Okay. And when the episode starts, that's when we're finally going to see what we're <laughs> having to argue. So we're going to argue it on the fly. It'll be our last episode of the year. Thank you guys for listening. We have got some fun stuff. We'll announce it next week. We do have some stuff coming in January that we think is going to be a lot of fun for our episodes leading into the new year. But be we sure do... Also, be sure to check out our Gargoyle Race uh, PDF that's up on DMs Guild right now. Uh, yeah, Twitter was very excited about the idea because I love that old Gargoyles cartoon. And I tweeted out, would anybody interest, be interested in seeing a Gargoyles playable race? Or is this already a thing? No one could find one. They told us that they would love to read it. So we put it together. It's on DMs Guild. Pay what you want. Download it for free. We don't care. Awesome. And I'm going to roll for the next episode. And we have level six. I like that. I like it too. There's still enough to mess around with. And it's going to take a lot less time than this episode did. Oh, this took forever. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. I'm Garen. I'm Dan. And remember, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Have a great week. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.